What's up, guys? Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com, back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast. Today, I'm joined by special guest, Zach Hirschfield of Timeless Vapes. How you doing today, man? What's up, homie? I'm good, Mitch. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's funny, we were just talking off mic that we're in the same area. Uh, we're both in the Bay Area right now. I'm, I'm on a little vacay away from the home of Seattle, so we almost could have done this in person if I had better coordination, but we're here, man. Um, I would love for, for you to give me, I know we were just talking about it just a second ago, but a little bit of insight of just kind of your history around the plant uh, as, as it pertains to the industry. Sure, of course. I like to think I have a, a fun little interesting story, but I'm sure we all have our own uh, take on, you know, why we're connected to the cannabis plant and, and, you know, why we choose to work in this industry, right? When there's plenty of other jobs out there that are much less stigmatized and uh, easier to even get, but we all have a love for the plant. So here we are. Uh, I started using cannabis in high school. Like many people, I was an athlete and, uh, I was, I was against it. Definitely didn't want to get high. I had some buddies that were using and, you know, I told them I'm never doing that shit. I'm not going to do that shit. And, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, they, they tried, they tried. And then in ninth grade, finally a buddy who had been trying for years, he told me that he had smoked weed with another one of our friends. And I, I was like, what? Like, wait, that guy got high? I'm like, all right, I'll get high. And uh, I loved it. And here we are now. Um, I did get in a lot of trouble when I was in high school for smoking weed. My mom caught me smoking weed and uh, made it a huge deal. Told my baseball coach and all my friends' parents. And even though I was still a great athlete who got good grades, I definitely was stigmatized. People looked at me differently after that. And uh, I definitely always had a little something inside me that wanted to prove to people that it really wasn't such a bad thing. Hmm. Um, my experience with it when I was younger was, yeah, maybe I got the munchies and got a little giggly, but I still did all my homework and I still excelled in sports and I, you know, still did extracurricular activities. So I didn't see why it was such a big deal. When, when you learn about it in dare, the dare program when you're a kid and, you know, in the movies and obviously parents, they make it seem like it's so bad, but I didn't think it was bad. Um, I chose to go to college in Vermont, which on the East Coast has a pretty big reputation as being a cannabis-friendly school, mm -hmm. University of Vermont. And uh, I went away to college and had a great time, great experience with the plant. And then my, my freshman year when I got home, found out my, my parents actually were smoking weed the whole time. So, uh, yeah, that one, like, I was like, man, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and it was cool. I was able to kind of share it with them after that. Um, but still, I still had that inside of me that I was really bothered that I thought it did not ruin my life when I was in high school, but it, it, it affected separate things between relationships with my friends, parents and my baseball coaches. And I always wanted to prove to people it wasn't a bad thing, but um, out of college, I had a, a marketing degree. I was working for a marketing agency. I fell out of that and actually got into special education and was a teacher for years, um, but always still was a cannabis user. And then I had the opportunity to break into the industry in 2018 when it became legal in California. And uh, I, 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 it meant a lot to me. And I decided that was my passion. And that was the route I was going to take. And I gave up my career of eight plus years for making a decent salary. Um, I had lots of friends, you know, the associates that I had worked with and bonded with over the years. But I still had that inside of me that I wanted to help break that stigma that cannabis was a bad thing. And I felt like I had an opportunity to do that. And I, I quit my job. And took an entry-level job in cannabis because, you know, I had no experience. 
So you got to start somewhere and fast forward a couple of years later. And, and here I am helping manage sales for an amazing brand on the rise in Northern California. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll get into a little bit of Timeless in a second, but obviously Timeless is known for vapes and through your, you know, your history, right, of being a teacher, I'm sure discretion on use of both who knows and when and where you use is definitely a very important thing. And and I know for myself, the, the coolest invention that Legal Weed has ever brought us is the vape pen, um, you know, this super discreet way to consume um, where people don't really know. I mean, you can put it in your pocket, bring that to, through security to most festivals, baseball games, anything. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite innovations that legal cannabis has brought just because I love to consume, but also being discreet is important in a lot of times. So how important was discretion for you when it came to consumption uh, in, in your previous life, if you will? Yeah, I mean, discretion was a huge part of it. Of course, we all love the flower. We all love to smoke blunts with the homies and rip bongs and get lit. But, you know, I was a professional and definitely couldn't go around smoking, you know, smelling like weed, smoking a joint in the car on the way to work just wasn't going to happen. So uh, I moved to California in 2012. I became introduced to vape pens probably like 14 or 15 um, and changed my life. I mean, totally changed my life. Was able to get high everywhere and anywhere, be discreet, don't have the smell on you. You don't have the judgment uh, when you, you know, you don't have the stigma. So it was a huge part of my life uh, throughout teaching for sure. And then uh, when I broke into cannabis and I came across this Timeless pen, my first week I was working for a consulting agency. Timeless was getting ready to break into California. They were consulting with the agency I was working for. And I met Timeless and I came across this little case that they have for their pen. Keeps it upright at all times, prevents it from getting lint in there, leaking or sticking. And uh, you hit the pen just like that right in the case, man. And once I saw this case, I was like, man, that's so smart. I've been, I've been racking my brain with ideas because I'm telling you, I've tried every mm -hmm. brand out there and you go from brand to brand because you're looking for that consistent product, right? That's going to taste the same every time. That's going to give you the same high. That's not going to stick. That's not going to leak or drip. And uh, you're spending 40, 50 bucks on a pen. You want it. You want it, something that your, your investment is going to be protected. You know what I mean? So I came across this and I thought it was really cool. Uh, continue to work for that company and do some projects with Timeless. And uh, I was sold on their product. I mean, that was my new vape pen for the last two years. And then uh, the beginning of the new year, I got connected with Timeless. I had a job opportunity. They were like, hey, you're smoking our product. You're wearing our clothing. Like, you love, we love your passion. Would you love to move up north and help grow the company? And they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. You know, I moved up here all alone. Essentially, <clears throat> essentially I was my own GM. And uh, I got to really go out and, and help grow the territory and run it the way that I believed it needed to be ran. And we're starting to make some noise. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely vape pens are a huge part of my life and, and everything happens for a reason. And like I said, that first week I came across this pen and look where I am now, you know, so timing's everything and everything happens for a reason, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Serendipity or whatever you want to call it, you know, like, like you are where you're at because you're supposed to be there. You know, I, I believe that um, with I want to I want to talk about the, the case in a minute because that's a cool thing. But I, I would like to know just a little bit of the backstory of Timeless, because obviously you said you were there when on helping consult when they first were coming to the California market. Because um, I think we just spoke. You said they started in Arizona in 2011. So what was kind of the, the, the history behind the Timeless brand? 
Yeah, Timeless uh, is new to California, but they are OGs in the game. They were founded in 2011 as a clothing company. Uh, companies minority owned, privately owned, privately funded will remain that way. My boss, Rocky, graduated from college in Arizona. He scored a job with Supreme, the famous streetwear company. Uh, this was probably like uh, early 2008 or nine, maybe. And uh, he basically was already into streetwear and skateboarding, and he fell in love with branding and marketing the business side of things. So he decided he was going to follow his own dream. He left Supreme and decided to open his own screen printing and skate shop. He decked it out. He had Supreme decks in there. He had tons of gear. He was making his own clothing. Uh, he met his now partner and co-owner of the company, this awesome guy, Sean, and they were just vibing and, and running the t-shirt store. And they met some guys who were doing extractions. They decided to partner together. Rocky decided to sell all of his original Supreme stuff. He made about a hundred K and he put the money right back into the vapes and spent the next three years in his basement developing proprietary distillate blends that we have now. All very flavor forward and potent, 85 to 91%. Our guy Tanner, he's a wizard. He's a terpene wizard. Uh, you know, one of our, our slogans is taste the terps. And we really do bring the flavor uh, in a way that a lot of brands aren't doing. But they were ready to hit the market in 2015. And they partnered with Jupiter first to adopt the C-cell battery in the U.S. And then they also developed this case, which, like I said, is a game changer. It's proprietary to our brand. Uh, it's got this cool flip top. We pay Zippo a licensing fee for that case. Can you just hit your pen? Just like that. And it's discreet. No one sees it. And then the other cool thing is we use this as a canvas to do a lot of cool art collaboration. So these are all... Mm. We've done over a hundred cases. We've done a collab with Two Chains, with Ghostface Killer, with the Super Troopers, with Slobby Robbie, with Think Space. Um, tons of artists from coast to coast. Ricky Powell, um, Lamar Supreme. The list goes on and on. And essentially, you know, we're really, we're really into our pillars, which are culture, legacy, and community. And part of our culture is art. We love art. So we, like I said, we partner with a lot of artists and we let them use this as a canvas to help tell their story. And then also to help us smash that stigma that cannabis is such a bad thing because the more people that come forward and say, hey, we're cannabis users, we're using it discreetly, we're using it respectfully, we're using it as a platform to tell our story. We feel that, you know, that's going to help smash the stigma and, and hopefully get some people to become loyal to our brand. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think of it until you said that because when I was when I was when I was doing a little bit of research, I've seen the case before, but I was doing a little research before this online, and you know, I it clearly stuck out to me, and you, and you touched on it. You know, the, the biggest issues around vapes are discretion, which a vape is the most discretion, you know, discreet way to smoke, but still, if you're smoking a vape, you care about discretion. Um, so putting it in a case actually, you know, obviously takes that discretion a step further. But then also the biggest issue with vapes is you know leakage or turning upside down and getting you know, clogged up in the, in the mouthpiece. Um, and so having that, that case gives it a little bit, you know, it's going to sit in your pocket without kind of 360 front flipping everywhere or something like that. So I like that it solves that, but I also like, you know, it just jumped out at me, what you were saying, it provides that place to put artwork, which is usually on a vape, you know, you might be able to get a logo spot on a battery, but again, if you're selling cartridges, you don't necessarily get to control what battery it's going on. So you know, most you get that tiny little label on the on the top of the cartridge, right? And so that definitely gives you guys a, a leg up for these these collaborations to provide just more artwork and more personality, um, which clearly ties into kind of the lifestyle element that, that's being built out over there. Yeah, I mean, we truly are a lifestyle brand. 
I wear my these timeless clothes seven days a week. We love sports. We love food. We love fashion. We love music. We love art. We love life and we love cannabis and we're trying to spread our positivity and our amazing product with as many people as we can. And I'm telling you, man, once once more people get a hold of this product, they they're they're really gonna start talking timeless in California because in six months alone, we're already in 40 locations up here and uh dominating on ease. Like I said, I think I told you before we were a sponsor at Outside Lands Music Fest. Saw over a hundred thousand people uh a couple weeks ago. So uh, we're excited for 2022 for sure. And so what's what's kind of the approach to the lifestyle focus brand, which, you know, myself is kind of a marketing nerd and, and someone that just understands cannabis is, a, you know, a CPG consumer package good. And that's definitely will be even more so uh, leaning into the future. But there's so many folks that say, like, the, the weed sells itself or the cannabis sells itself. Right. So what what is kind of the thought process and the approach of, of, of making sure that that lifestyle element is a part of the brand? Well, there's no question the product speaks for itself. Um, and that's what, you, like you said, you need the product to speak for itself. But, you know, we look at it just like you said, any CPG, whether it's alcohol or clothing or people want to be loyal to something. They want to find a product they can depend on. The only reason, in my opinion, they bounce from brand to brand. There's two reasons. is either price or they haven't found what they like yet. You know what I mean? So we're trying to find that happy medium where, you know, we're not the most expensive card out there. We're not the cheapest card out there. We're not a low price leader. You do get what you pay for. And when you buy Timeless, you're getting not just a quality cannabis product, but you're getting a glimpse into the Timeless lifestyle. When you buy Timeless products, we have the dopest swag, man. We have the dopest merch. You're getting hooked up with hats, with hoodies, with cool swag items that no other company has. We just uh, released this awesome swag item that we've been handing out. It's a dab cap. So what it is, is this little rubber adapter. You can put your pen in it and then put the dab cap to a bong and rip your pen out of the bong. Okay. We have our logo on that and we have a QR code that scans to our website that tells you all the places you can get timeless. So we were uh, partnered with the dispensary this past weekend in Modesto. We did a yoga event and it was outside at a restaurant. So we were able to consume uh, on site and we had a sampling station. And normally we do sampling stations. We just let people try our pens. Well, we were using the dab cap. I had a brand new bong, creating that experiential event experience that people can tie back to Timeless and not just say, okay, that was a quality product, but those are quality people. It was a fun experience. I got this these items. I'm going to remember it. I'm going to come back and I'm going to mess with Timeless. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, because I, I, I mean, Again, when you're talking about a CPG, I mean, I, I, I like what you said. When people continue to try something, it's either a price or they haven't found something they like. And I think, you know, obviously having a brand is something that you can, whether you, it's recognizable, you have a, a great experience with something and then you can recognize that brand to continue that great experience. Or it's like you see parts of yourself in a product or a brand, right? Like I associate with this product because of the lifestyle I live crosses over with this. And I think that's an important thing to know. Obviously, California, I know the brand started in Arizona. California definitely understands that in a marketplace. It's very tough to crack into the market without that. But you know, I, you know, I reside in the Pacific Northwest where I say it's a little more craft mind, like craft and almost craft in mindset where not a lot of companies have been seen, you know, have, have seen that vision and understood, I think, where cannabis is ultimately going. Because as we go to this inevitable um, federal legalization or declassification that, that, you know, 
brings cannabis, cannabis, singular cannabis brand will be more accessible in more markets. You know, you have to have something that people recognize beyond just price and THC percentage, right? Like it's got to have something more. Otherwise it could just be interchangeable for any, anything. Right. Um, so with that being said, you guys are obviously in multiple different markets. What has been the approach to building a brand that has a consistent message, but also scaling that to these different markets? Cause they all have different nuances. Yeah, that's, that's a very true statement. And, and, you know, I'm actually at a, we work in Oakland today. My boss flew up from um, LA with my marketing director and we're working today all day today and all day the next few days on our business plan for 2022, because we have, you know, the last six to eight months has been basically the wild, wild west for me. You know, I've, I've been given the tools and the resources, but, you know, very, very, uh, very, very little to answer to. I've, I've had free range to kind of do what I need to do to corner my market and attack my market. And now we need to now that we've hired, you know, a team, we need to decide how we're going to scale up and how we're going to be strategic and who we're going to target and where we're going to allocate certain funds. And if it's going into marketing dollars or, um, you know, event dollars or whatever, but definitely, uh, is a challenge. And of course, every market's different, uh, scaling up in Oklahoma and scaling up in California, are two totally different things. You're talking, you know, different, different price points for product and biomass. And I mean, half grams in Oklahoma are 75 bucks. You can't even get anyone to carry a half gram in California because there's not enough profit, uh, you know, margin on the profit. So it's definitely a challenge, uh, we, but we have great teams in every state uh, leading the charge. And we just kind of, like I said, I think when we talked before, uh, we, we collaborate and we communicate with each other and we kind of see what's working and what's not. And, and I won't lie. Uh, some of these other states, the, the Missouri and Oklahoma, they definitely look to us in California uh, kind of as the leaders culturally, right? Mm -hmm. Because California, they, they started cannabis, right? This is where all the brands started, um, you know, connected and, and Stizzy and, and all these brands that, that are, are going to be MSOs and going to be huge competitors. Uh, they're OGs in California. So, you know, they look to us to kind of set the standard. Um, but at the end of the day, we do have a consistent message. We are a lifestyle brand. We stay true to our roots. Like I said, all those things that we love, that's what we love. And those are the types of things we're going to get involved in. Um, <clears throat> and as we grow, I'm sure there'll be lots of other demographics we target. Uh, but we always stay true to our roots, you know, community, legacy and industry. Yeah. And, and for something for you, you know, obviously you're not just, you know, a rep of getting products into stores and on shelves. You're also building out this brand, you know, very much building out this brand in the state of California. What what's kind of the balance between making sure, obviously, from the sales perspective of landing new accounts, getting product on shelves, but also making sure that products are connecting with consumers. Right. Because there's kind of two there's two prong approach. You need to sell to get in stores, but then in collaboration, much of the time with the stores, you need to sell to the people. So the product moves off the shelves. So, the, you know, so the, the circle continues. So what's yep. kind of the approach with kind of those two different dynamics going on? Um, that honestly is like the favorite part of my job. I love people and I love cannabis and I just want to connect them. I want to connect the people with a good product and we have a great product. So, you know, we're, we're very big into, uh, you know, representing our brand within the, the dispensaries we're in with our partners. So I work, <clears throat> I work really hard to, 
you know, become friends with my partners, with my buyers, with my with my dispensary owners. I get to know them by name. Uh, we have a whole what we call a kindness team. Essentially, uh, <clears throat> it's a group of brand ambassadors. Um, and when we land a, a, an account or a partnership, we come in and we provide two bud tender educations a month. And that's every month, not just the first month, because we know there's changeover. We're dropping new products every month. We need them to be updated. We make sure we're getting them samples. So we're in there twice a month, connecting with the bud tenders, educating them. And then we're in each dispensary doing two demos a month. So we'll be in there with a representative, one of our kindness team members, and we're generally doing some type of promotion, whether it's a buy one, get one on the cartridge or a buy one, get a battery and flip case. This is generally what we like to do. It gets the customer to, you know, we get this in their hand. And then once they experience it, they're going to come back and hopefully put a timeless card in it. Uh, but we're always doing buy one, get one on cards for special events. And when we launch with a dispensary partner and honestly, the, the constant communication uh, and collaboration and making sure we're on the schedule to go in and do our two demos a month, that really helps the relationships keep going, helps drive the product off the shelf. And I'll tell you, man, you can miss one demo for whatever reason. Maybe someone had car issues or the dispensary and I didn't communicate properly and they're short on product and, 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 and you fall out of favor real quick. So you have to really stay on top of your stuff, be communicating, uh, be likable and, you know, just, just make sure your partners know that you're there to work and that you're there to be a true partner, not just the guy who wants to sell some product and then give them a call when they need more, you need to be involved and you need to help push that product. And that's my main concern. And, and even when I go in and I negotiate prices with my partners, you know, yeah, I could sell it at, at, at X amount of dollars, but if that product's not going to move after, you know, they mark it up to their price, that's a problem. So I work with them to make sure it's a fair price where they're going to make their 50, 60 points. And then the consumer is going to come back to buy it again and again and again and again and again, because if it's a 55, $60 car, it's going to be hard to sell them on the first try. You know what I mean? So we need to find that price that works well for everyone uh where we're still competing with our competitors but maybe you know a couple bucks underneath them um because i'm telling you once they try our product they're going to come back for it yeah no and, and that's great i mean it's very important you know for, for for the listeners out there that are within this industry or might be in the sales part you know one of the biggest takeaways of what you just said is you know how important that relationship is because it is very much you know sales is i sell to you i get my nut via the commission and you know that that's where i get it right but really if you've been in cannabis a long time, you know, pre pre industry, right. It was much easier to have an existing clientele that came and bought from you than constantly trying to find new people. So those relationships are absolutely key. But I also like how you said you're consistently making sure, I think you said two touch points retail facing to the store and then two touch points to the consumer per month per location. Correct. Correct. Yep. And then, you know, we're, like I said, we're all about experiential marketing, right? We want to create that experience for the consumer. So while we, while we do do the buy one, get ones or the battery flip cases, you know, we're also have a great merch table. We have some amazing uh, promo items we give away like the dab caps. And then we're doing, you know, creative activations. We partnered with Blunts and more in Oakland. Uh, I know you're in the area. If you have a chance to stop by there, they, they wanted to charge us, you know, um, over two grand a month for just a shelf space in their dispensary with 20 other brands. We wouldn't have stood out and, you know, but I developed a relationship with, with the manager and the buyer. They have a basketball court outside. And I'm like, how about we brand the basketball court 
and we throw events out there. We'll put your logo, we put our logo, we'll put our logo on the backboard, and we had our guys brand the basketball court. We're actually throwing an event there on Saturday. We'll have a DJ, we're doing a foul shot contest, um, and then we're actually doing Beat Team Timeless. They can face me in a game of B and M, Blunt and More, aka it's like a horse game, mm-hmm. and beat me, they'll win a timeless cartridge. If not, they still get a prize. But um, so creative activations, you know, staying in touch, like you said, with the touch points, communicating and being a good partner, you know, being the person they want to work with. They're not doing, they're not, you know, they don't need us in their shops. They really don't, you know, they're going to sell their products anyway. There's plenty of brands out there. So basically I, I you know, I really work with people to, to, and ask them to give us a shot and let us prove ourselves. And it's with through the creative activations and all the other things that I mentioned that have, have been helping us thrive and, and really grow um, and expand at a pretty quick rate here. Awesome, awesome. No, that, that was very well put. And, and there's a lot of game in there for, for people that are in your position that, that are looking to, to, to gain some more success. Um, we might, I mean, we might've went over it a little bit at, at the start of this, but I'm curious, what is kind of the, 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 the typical product offering from timeless like what are all the categories and main skews i know there's probably a lot of different flavors and 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 strains you guys work with but what are what are the main skews that you guys stick to yeah thank you um so when it comes to our uh main line timeless the the line the company was founded on we uh botanical all natural all botanical uh distillate vape pens they come in half grams and full grams and we do, uh, in, we have a mood base on our strain. So instead of calling it sativa, hybrid, and indica, we call it energy, chill, and rest. Energy is the sativa, chill is the hybrid, rest is the indica. Okay. Um, under each category, we have uh, about, about four strains per category, but um, up to six. We always have limited flavor drops. We have like throwback flavor drops, holiday flavor drops. So we're always dropping new limited flavors. For example, just this past October, we had a gummy worms flavor. Um, Mm. It was only supposed to be for October, but it it was so popular and it sold so quick. A lot of my partners didn't get the chance to order it. So we were able to kind of, you know, talk with our production team and they agreed we're going to do one more run. So there will be some gummy worms available uh, in the next month or so, uh, in the next couple of weeks for the next month. Um, but a lot of the times we will only run the flavor once maybe for the year, but right now we have 12 flavors, um, on the timeless menu. We're dropping in tons of fun new flavors, uh, next year. One of them I can, uh, drop a little teaser. It's called Sharkleberry Finn. Do you know what Sharkleberry Finn is? No, I'm not, I haven't heard that yet. So uh, when I heard it, I'm like, that sounds so familiar, but I couldn't remember what it was. It was a Kool-Aid flavor. In like the oh. 2000s so google yeah. you'll see the image and you'll be like oh so that flavor is coming out i think in the spring um and we'll do you know we always have fun flavor art and we have a great design team and branding team and we have a beautiful instagram and we do lots of fun stuff and you know we work with our tier one partners our big partners to do some of these limited drops or to launch certain products and so we have uh that's our timeless line we did just drop our live resin line uh when i first started about six months ago it's called noir it is a live resin distillate blend so we are using live resin terpenes to infuse a distillate oil being very forward about that it's right on the front of the packaging live resin terpenes we're using a process that is uh no one's using it in the industry it is proprietary it's called subcritical h2o extraction so what happens is 
<clears throat> we extract the um, live resin terpenes and the, the flowers harvested. We extract the live resin terpenes an hour within harvest. The flowers never frozen, flash frozen or cold pressed. We then infuse that distillate oil with those live resin terpenes. The end result is of course, production manufacturing, more cost efficient for us, mm -hmm. uh, much more uh, higher potencies. We're coming in at 92%. You know, true live resin cartridges are about 68 to 75, much more consistent and clean burn on the oil. You're not getting any crystallizing or sticking or leaking, which does often happen with live resin carts. Yeah. You pay a higher premium and the quality of the pens, it's just, you can't put a concentrate in a pen. It's just not, you know, if you're a dabber like me, which I'm a huge dabber, huge connoisseur of rosin, and, and a lot of people will look down at distillate products. I'm telling you, man, I, I'm the biggest snob out there and, and our products, the live resin and the distillate stack up flavor, quality, potency wise to all the brands out there. And then the most important part for me is consistency. You know, I am a vape pen consumer and we have less than a 1% return rate. Like I told you, um, when you spend 50, 60 bucks on a pen, you want to make sure you get through the whole thing. And with ours, you know, if you keep it protected in this case, you're going to get every hit all the way to the end, every last hit. It's going to taste just like the first. Um, so that covers our, our noir live resin line, all classic strains, um, Jack Carrere, Northern Lights, Tahoe OG, Orange Crush. Um, and they taste literally just like a fresh flower. Mm -hmm. uh, unrivaled taste on the market due to the proprietary method we're using. And the price point is great. Uh, it's coming in a little bit cheaper than most of those live resin pens. And like I said, you're going to get a, just a little bit of a different experience. We uh, are also going to be dropping some new products in the... Uh, next year in California and in Arizona, these products already exist. Obviously, Thomas has been around. We have uh, a mini pre-roll coming out. We're launching in February called Joylo. It's 12 quarter gram joints, uh, joints for the young professional, smoker on the go, quick, discreet, high quality flower, uh, sun grown, but full flower. And uh, we'll be coming in at a pretty good price point. That'll be in February. And then following that on uh, March, we're dropping another pre-roll and it will be uh, infused with distillate and rolled in keef. And that will be called Tumble. And it's going to be beautiful, kind of hand-drawn uh, vibe, um, similar to like, I don't want to compare it to anything, but just a little bit different than what's out there right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, th that's what's on tap for, for 2022 in the, in the first uh, quarter. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about concentrates and we have some other things down the line too, um, but can't go there just yet. So even with these pre-rolls, it seems like the discretion is, is still going to be a part of, of, of the product offering, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's the world we live in, you know, cannabis is still stigmatized. We, we will be dropping, uh, the so we have the Joylos and then Joylo Plus, which will be, I believe, uh, uh, half grams. They might be full grams, but... Um, Either way, we're offering both, okay, because there are lots of people that, yeah, they, they like I said, it's joint on the go for the young professional to be discreet. And a lot of the times, not everyone's like you or me, where they need a whole joint to get high. Two, three, four, five hits, and, and they're good to go. So uh, we're trying to get all the demographics. And, um, you know, it's not under the timeless name, but we use our same branding and marketing skills. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of fun things with these brands. And, and, uh, you know, it's just going to help our ticket sales and, and help us get into these dispensaries because the fact of the matter is we're a botanical distillate vape brand. We're the most competitive market in the state. Yeah. And, you know, we don't come in at the lowest price point either because we're not a low price leader, like I said. So it's hard, you know, it's been hard for me to 
even get in. I've landed 40 accounts, which is awesome. But, you know, there's a lot of doors that I haven't even got into because you can't even get the meetings because no one wants to talk to just, you know, we only have vapes right now. So once we get these other offerings, uh, we're hoping we'll be able to get in some more doors um, and then, you know, just start to grow the brand, just like we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, it is definitely competitive in the vape market. And, and one of the things that, that I wanted to ask about too, is that, you know, are you guys still facing any challenges as, as a byproduct of, of vape gate that obviously shook the industry pretty significantly? I don't even know, two years ago now, obviously that, you know, it was more of the black market stuff, but the implications and the regulations passed down everywhere kind of shook that whole industry, you know, supply chain up again, I'm, I'm an everything cannabis consumer, definitely a vape pen pretty frequently as much. And so I never, you know, I never wanned off or, you know, weaned off it, but did you guys face any challenges just around that or the market kind of slowing down because of that? Or is that kind of blown over at this point? Yeah, I would say it's blown over. Um, you know, I definitely wasn't with the company at the height of that scandal uh, pre-COVID. Um, I was familiar with the company and, you know, we were we were friends and whatnot. But um, at that point, Timeless was uh, just scratching the legal surface in, in California. Um, so I'm not sure how they dealt with it um, in Arizona versus California. But nowadays, I really, I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, more so with the consumers, you know, when you're doing educations and you're in store doing demos and, you know, people will say, oh, I, I don't do vapes because of that or mm -hmm. because of what's in it. And I, I agree with them. I say, listen, I don't blame you. There's a lot of stuff out there and you don't know what you're smoking. But let me turn you on a timeless. And I let them know, you know, all natural, all botanical, no substitutes, no fillers. From experience, one of the cleanest hits you're going to have and one of the nicest highs. And, you know, I, I, I just like to educate people. And if Timeless isn't the product for them, that's fine. I'll turn them on to something else. But I want to create that experience for them where they say, hey, that guy was really nice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send my cousin over there to buy Timeless. You know what I mean? Because they remember my smile. Or they remember that I gave them a little keychain or, or just that I connected with them and told them a story or bonded with them, you know. So that's the approach I take. Um education, 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 education. That's what's going to help us win. I was a teacher for eight years, so I really stand by that. And when I broke into cannabis, that was my MO was that I was going to do it with, with education. And, um, you know, I, I think I told you there was a year and a half when I tried to get into cannabis to when I actually got hired. And in that meantime, I had started an Instagram uh, just about cannabis education. And every day I would post like two or three things whatever I wanted, whatever I thought was interesting, if it was current news or just a review on a strain or anything and everything. And and it wasn't, you know, I, I gained a little bit of a following, but it wasn't for that. It was more to build a portfolio for myself and kind of immerse myself in the industry. And, you know, and it, and it definitely helped do that. But again, that's just the teacher in me and knowing that like, that's what's going to help smash the stigma. The reason people hate weed is because they were taught like false information so we need to teach them the, the right information and then let them make the decision on their own absolutely absolutely and I, we're very passionate myself personally but the entire armor staff is very passionate about you know transparency on products and educating the consumer and giving the consumer a chance a lot of consumers do not care what they put in their body you know whether it's food whether it's whatever and any one of us likely consume some sort of product that we do not put very much effort into research but it's important to have the information out there if they so choose to educate themselves and it's obviously important to protect consumers what are some of the things that that timeless ensures to do for just consumer safety 
Uh, you know, we obviously, uh, by state law, have to get all of our product tested. So we are complying with that. And, you know, we didn't, we don't get hits for any residual solvents. We are solvent free, which uh, not solvent less, but solvent free, meaning by the end of our process, we are free of solvent. Um, so we definitely uh, stack up to the state standards there. And then, you know, quality control. We we have our guys, myself included, uh, going into dispensaries, secret shopping, buying our product, making sure that uh, the, the expiration dates, uh, are you know, aren't within six months and that product tastes correct and that there's no uh, defects within the cartridges. And, you know, like I said, we do have less than a 1% return rate. I've uh, been doing this job for eight months now, and I literally think I've had, I've, I've done about probably uh, over half a million in sales, and maybe I've had six, seven carts returned to me hmm. being defective. So, um, you know, that's definitely good. But, you know, just like we take the time and the effort to to be good partners and to make sure our branding and marketing is on point. We take the time and the effort to inspect our product and make sure everything's up to state standards. And you know, that it's something that we all would consume, you know, I, I feel like I couldn't be as passionate about the product if it wasn't quality. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't be out here slaying in garbage. Um, and like I said, I do find, I do consider myself a connoisseur or even a snob. And the fact that I love our product, it means it has to be good, dude. It's gotta be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and that's those are very important points, and that's I, I take that passion from yourself that that, that is that is definitely the truth, um, <laughs> man. So you know, I know you said taste the terps. I believe is one of your guys's mantra, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So, so what is your take on obviously um, consumers purchase products based on THC percentage? Part of anyone in this industry, you know, sometimes sometimes it feels like we're screaming at a wall that THC percentage. Doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter in the way that they think it matters, right? It does matter in certain regards, but Correct. it doesn't matter to the extent the average consumer puts on it. So part of just the education, I continually like to talk to guests about this, your just take on THC percentage versus terps. Absolutely. So whenever I come in to do my educations with staff and, you know, even consumers, I always touch on this. Uh, our, all of our strains are 85 to 91%, okay, which is pretty potent, you know. Uh, there are definitely brands that claim to have more potent cards. And that's cool because, like you said, it's not all about the number. Um, we have certain sativas that have a higher total THC percentage than some of our indicas. And people will be like, well, I want the one with the highest. What's going to mess me up the most? How How is the sativa higher? And I tell them, listen, our guy Tanner, he is a wizard. He is a genius. He takes a lot of pride in his terpene combinations, not only for the flavor, but that desired entourage effect. So when you're smoking uh, an energy cart, it's going to have that true sativa feel. When you're smoking a rest cart, it's going to have that true indica feel. And it's a combination of obviously the cannabinoids and the oil and then the terpene combinations, okay? Take, for example, our granddaddy perp comes in at 88, okay? We have um, a sativa that comes in at 91, the Maui Waui. Well, the granddaddy perp is going to hit much heavier because it's got certain terps in it and it's got CBD and it's got CBN and all of those combined are going to create what we know as the entourage effect, which is what delivers the high that you're looking for, uh, you know, whether it be an indica sativa or hybrid. Um, so that's kind of what I tell people, of course, like percentage does matter to an extent, but at the end of the day, it's not the end all be all. Uh, it's not totally indicative of the high you're going to get. So I just kind of um, use that and then, you know, let them 
use our mood base to steer them for what they're looking for. A lot of these people don't know what indica sativa hybrid means or a 65, 35 ratio, but they know if they want to sleep, they know if they want something that's going to help them be alert or focus. So that's why we really believe in our mood based system, the energy chill rest. Uh, and then, like I said, the terpene combinations and all those flavors help lead to the high they're going to get. Yeah, no, and it's important. It's great that you're doing that on both the storefront and the consumer level. Um, it's just a constant, constant thing is battling. I, I know, you know, with brands have to offer products that are a certain THC percentage because the stores won't take them. Stores can't buy them unless they're a certain percentage because consumers won't take them. And, you know, I'm obviously just passionate that, you know, we need to get this information out there because the more consumers stop giving a shit about that and start building actual preferences on strains uh, right. and, and more of the terpene profile, the quicker we'll get this the more freedom brands will have to operate on products that are designed for just the quality of the product rather than having to be a slave to right. percentage to a number. To a number, right. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we all know, I know many growers that uh, are cultivators that, you know, with the legal market now that jars are sealed, they can't do that. You know, we've lost that phenomenon of when you pick up something and your guy would be like, this looks like absolute garbage, but this is going to be the best stuff you get from me all year. You know, like that used to happen in the world we live in now. If it looks like trash in a jar, you're not buying it. And it's hard for me to convince you. Um, so the more we get this information out there, I just think as consumers, there'll be a lot more quality products to choose for. And, and with that being said, where do you kind of see and envision kind of the future of legal cannabis it doesn't have to be too far into the future, but what are, what are some trends you feel like you're noticing that, that we might not be quite there, but we're, but we're swimming towards right now. Uh, delivery direct to consumer for sure. Um, I mean, that's definitely going to be huge. We actually are already diving into the space. We partnered with someone recently and we will shortly uh, be able to offer timeless delivered straight to your home from our website. Um, and then, you know, just in terms of like, uh, like dispensaries, right? Like every day there's new dispensaries popping up and every day there's new deliveries popping up, but you also see the big dogs acquiring new ones and buying little ones out. And, you know, when it's just a matter of time before there's only, I don't know, 10, 20 partners that you partner with throughout the state. I mean, I could be wrong on those numbers, but essentially that's where we see it going. Um, there's going to be multiple multi-state operators like us, right? So you're going to have the same dispensaries in the same states that where these brands are. So you really need to find a way to build the partnerships with these big companies now. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't work with the mom and pops, but you just have to be strategic and, you know, put the proper marketing dollars, you know, in the proper place and, and really, uh, you know, target, target who you think is going to help you grow in the correct way, the way that we need to grow. And, we're talking about multi-state operating, you know, we, we want to be a national brand. We believe what we have is a quality product and we believe in our team and our message. And we think we have what it takes to be one of the big brands in the end, but you know, you have to be strategic. You have to partner with the right people. And that goes from production to manufacturing to, you know, everything sales, every little aspect of this industry uh, is about building the right partnerships because you can't do it all yourself. So it's all about connecting and, and, using your resources, building those partnerships. And I mean, yeah, the next couple of years is going to be crazy. Like I said before, you know, the past eight months has been like the wild, wild west. And it's like, it's legal cannabis. It shouldn't be like the wild, wild west, but right. it still is. Um, and, you know, it's going to start to get more, uh, 
I guess, legitimate and, and things are going to take, uh, you know, we're going to scale them. Right. So, so we're going to build these systems so we can be successful in California, so we can be successful in other States. And then so we can grow with these other companies that are so there. And then of course, you know, you got the other Budweiser's and all those guys that are going to get involved too. So not sure how that's going to play out, but, but our goal right now is to be strategic and partner with the right people and, and grow with people that want to grow with us, you know, that don't, not just, they don't want to just put us on their shelf to make a buck, but they want to put the work in with us to grow together and help build both of our legacies, you know, cause like I said, everything we do goes back to those pillars, community, industry, and legacy. And that's why we do it. Awesome. Awesome. And that, that's, that's amazing to hear. I love, I love the insight. Um, you know, and I, I'll plug it so you don't have to. I know you, anyone out there looking for more information on Timeless can find it at timelessvapes.com. Is there anything else you'd like to plug before we get you up out of here? Uh, just please follow us on Instagram at alwaystimeless.co. Uh, I think we're struggling with a shadow ban right now. So you may try to tag us uh, with some product and you may get denied. But appreciate the love. Just give us a follow. Keep following us on Instagram. Check out our website to see all the stores you can find us in. Uh, get us delivered right to your door and ease throughout the whole state. And uh, if you ever see me around the way, just please come say hello. Give me a hug. Say what up and let's vibe. Awesome. Thank you very much, Zach. Appreciate your time today, man. Yeah, thanks, brother. Uh, next time you're heading up in the Bay, please let me know and uh, we can do this in person. Hell yeah, will do. All right. Have a great day, Mitch. All right, man. Peace. Peace.